Max RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Max! Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Why, hello! Welcome to Season 22, Episode 17 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. I'm Tappy. Yeah. And yeah. I am Joey. I'm Kimmy. <laughs> I'm professional. <laughs> We're doing well. We're doing well tonight. It's been a week. That's why I spoke slowly so I didn't screw up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just did it to make fun happy. <laughs> In this episode of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, our 11 sends us quest- a question about one-shots. Kurt illustrates how not to do space combat, and Terry from Idaho sends us a story about a, con- a conversion. But first, if you would like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We're also on the social media. We're on uh, Twitter and Instagram and uh, uh, Facebook. And is that it? I think most of it. Discord. Mm-hmm. Discord? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know what the thing. Happy Jacks RPG, a one word. Mm-hmm. Even on Discord, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, go to happyjacks.org slash Discord, and then there you get an invite. Ah, there you go. <laughs> ah. Also, if you'd like to watch the show live, we would stream this show at 7 p.m. ish. Now. On, uh, uh, at happyjacks.org slash live every Friday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Canada. <laughs> the first I was wondering about that. It's like, what? Canada doesn't like Fridays? <laughs> That's only been a running gag for the last what, like nine years? Well, I, I I discovered how to look at because the you when you're on in the on uh, iTunes yes, thing, this is fascinating. You're you're only seeing your country's reviews mm. and your country's content. Yeah, but at the bottom, there's a little. Like for, for us, there's a little round dot that is the Ameri- has the American flag in it. You click on that, and it lists all of the countries, and you can click on another country, mm-hmm. and then you're seeing iTunes for that country. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you can look up your podcast and see what the reviews are in other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some in like Ireland and England, of course, and Australia, and um, uh, can't read the ones in Germany. Um, but well, you can Google Translate them if you're late. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. It'll come out weird. But but th- there was there was some severe negative reviews about belching in the mics from Canada. Mm. So that's how that started. <laughs> they don't like belching. Uh, ca- sorry, Canada should be on the soundboard. That's a good idea, Jeff Watt. Well, yeah. also because it's, you're apologizing to Canada because they're very polite. Right. right. Yeah. They appreciate that. <laughs> they do. <laughs> All right. First email. A question about one shots from hour eleven. Been a century since I wrote my last job. My job since I wrote last. <laughs> my job is a bastard sometimes, but let's get to it. Mm. I'm a campaign guy. Yep. I run and have always run slow burn interpersonal campaigns, vast conspiracies, love triangles, big character arcs. I'm totally baffled at how to put together satisfying one shots. How does anything that feels grand happen in such a short time? Without it feeling like Frodo found the ring in his cereal, in, <laughs> in, in his cereal at breakfast and chucked it in Mount Doom just before dinner that afternoon. Well, there are f- four meals in between there, aren't there? Yeah. Between dinner yeah. and breakfast. I mean, if you're a hobbit, there's a lot more than that, yeah. probably. Well, there's, yeah. well, there's, well, there's breakfast, 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 second, second breakfast, 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 breakfast,
dinner, supper. Right. There you go. So that's oh, lunch. and no, we seven missed afternoon tea. And afternoon tea. Yeah. Yeah. There's no brunch. There's no brunch. There's no brunch. No, that's elevensies. Oh, yeah, that's elevensies. Although I think Sam had brunch as well as... Absolutely. I mean, when are they going to have mimosas then? Those are necessary. <laughs> At 11.45, mimosas. At 12.15, lunch well, begins. Yeah. All right. I'm going to have to tell me twice. Uh, but yeah. Hey. Uh, Mount Doom just before uh, dinner that afternoon. Uh, how do you get players yeah. connected to anything? And especially, how do you resolve a story in a way that doesn't feel like the prologue to a story to a real story that picks up in the non-existent next session. In beginning a one-shot, should the story always be discovered already in progress, so it at least feels like the big evil problem didn't appear 15 minutes ago? Uh, Whether it's discovered in progress by the characters who were previously unaware, or we start with the characters that have already been dealing with this problem. Uh, Should artificial time passage be planned into the game so so, so there isn't a feeling that all that it all plays out in one frantic moment. What are the pitfalls here? How does a campaign experience GM form a suitable a story suitable for a one shot? I have a, I made a bunch of notes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, go ahead. I would say first thing, get thee to a connery. <laughs> get Joe go to a con. You're going to do nothing but run one shots at a con. And my first con, I'd never played in the one shot before. I'd only done campaigns. And the first game, I totally got the appeal of one-shots. It's, you don't have to make the story big and epic. You can make it big and epic just on a smaller scale. Make it Hmm. about a day or so in the life of these characters. Make it about uh, a small story that's very important to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. And also, something I love about cons and one-shots is, it doesn't matter if the character dies. Your players will go bigger because they have to worry about surviving to the next session. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um... Yeah, I think what you're asking here isn't how do you run a one-shot, but how do you run Lord of the Rings as a one-shot? <laughs> yeah. And and the answer to that is you you don't. No. I mean, you no. could you could really try, but it's I mean, they're going to get really tired at hour 13. <laughs> um, what a one-shot should be like is Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. I think that is a perfect example of a one-shot campaign. Everybody comes together, they all have different names that aren't theirs, they get to know each other while they're doing the thing and then repercussions of the thing happen. Right. And so it feels very visceral, it feels very real, it feels like the character's choices have effect, Mm -hmm. Um, and then when you're done telling the story you're done. I mean, these these characters, whoever isn't dead or jailed or whatever moves on and you know, maybe is in a story later, maybe isn't. Um, but it's you have that finality kind of at the end of it, mm-hmm. um, and that is the kind of story that is good for a one shot. Yeah. Um, well, and I mean it, it can be something like that too. But there's also there's moments in Lord of the Rings that would be great for a one shot. Like there's like you don't have the whole story of Frodo getting the ring. Frodo, like the whole thing is like a crazy big arc. But, like, there's individual things um, that, that you could do. Like, mm-hmm. when, you know, the first time they encounter the, um, the Nazgul. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, that's a really, like, these five little hobbits who've never met anything crazy. Get mm-hmm. away from that. Okay, cool. You or you can, you can start the story with an NPC has just been stabbed by them and is about to die. Exactly. And your story is you need to get from the creepy yeah. place where the Nazgul were to yeah, where to the elves down. are so mm-hmm. they can be safe. Exactly. Yeah. You know, Weathertop and then on to Lothlorien. Like, that's that's a really great, mm-hmm. uh, you know, small little story. It doesn't have... And that is very epic. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, I mean, that's super exciting, especially for those characters that are basically like from a farming village, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like their first big test of things that are terrifying. Right. Um, and if that's all you look at, if you don't know that the rest of Lord of the Rings is there after that, like it's, it, it's a great one shot. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> hey, you made it past the scary mount, the, the scary ruins, and <laughs> oh, you're safe in Elf, elf Town. Good right. job. <laughs> Here's some presents and some longest bread. You know. Yeah. It's like awesome. Oh, you got stabbed. Oh, you're right. uh, you're, you're you are now. That's why it's making it. Yeah, make that an NPC. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, uh, the, 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 in, in the notes I wrote, the first thing I put is keep the story simple. Mm-hmm. Don't try to make a big story. The, the, the last con, one of the two games I ran was a one shot. A bunch of orcs are going to a small town to get a, a, a trade deal signed. They show up. They, the church is on fire. The they church. go in. The, the church, church is on. The church is on fire. <laughs> they go in. They go in. They rescue. There's a bunch of kids locked inside because they went in. They were kept in there for safekeeping. So they get. The, so they get the kids out, mm-hmm. and then they discover. Oh, this town's been attacked by some lord. Uh, th- th- for them, I mean, their their storyline is come to the village, get the contract signed. Oh well, these people have a problem. We're a bunch of orc warriors. We might be able to help with this problem because people have been coming in and stabbing them. So they, they go and they discover... I mean, there was a, a plot twist in it, but they, they basically are able to figure out where where the, the bandits left, and they kind of go out and scout the area. They see the bandits there, but they're like, hmm, but we were looking for the grain they stole. The grain they stole obviously went that way because they were able to figure that part out. So they basically just completely didn't even get anywhere near where the bandits are camped. They went and followed the wagons, and, the, and there was a rendezvous between the the... The guy with the grain wagons and this mysterious figure. One of the things I like to put in an adventure, and I usually do this if I need to pad. If, I, if I'm gonna, mm-hmm. like, if they burn through something and I need extra time, have some little twist at the end. Yeah. And so in this case, that little twist was the mysterious dark figure is actually a nun who's running an orphanage full of half orcs, mm-hmm. and That's that great. she had hired this guy to get grain for. Her, didn't know how he was getting the grain, mm. so so and then and that gave like a little thing for the party. Oh, now we have all these orc children. We can es- escort back. And mm-hmm. but I mean, it, it's it's not a complicated story, right? And the one I ran for the the, the other one I ran, which was uh, uh, the Apollo Eleven mission, is gonna right. is, is being sabotaged. Martinis and Coke, right? Yeah, <laughs> and and th- that whole thing was uncover how the Russians are going to try to sabotage Apollo Eleven and stop them. That's the whole story. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and there's it's a, here's a good point for you. There's a time limit. Mm-hmm. The rocket's already launched. Yeah, it's only going to take what two days or three days for it to get to the the mm-hmm. moon. So you have you've only you've got a short window. They're on a timeline, mm-hmm. and that's another good thing to keep the pace of the game moving. Is give them a window. You've got to get this done by this time because if you don't, it's too late. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and and one of the things I think that you're so. You keep your story r- relatively simple. Most players who've played at cons before, a con games tend to be a little more railroady than regular games. Yeah, mm-hmm. everyone knows this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the players know it as well, and you, you, it's very rare to you can because <laughs> what, what my next bullet point was keep things on track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like your railroad tracks, yeah. right? <laughs> I don't not it doesn't have to be that strict, well, but you want to keep make sure they're going. Towards the progress, because most, depending on the, what game kind of game you're playing, most of the players are there and sitting down because they want to see what you've prepared. Right. 
And also, I think in con games especially, like if they see a story hook or what they think is a story hook, they will latch onto it like mm-hmm. a fucking bulldog. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So that the story can continue and they can see what's up. Right. Exactly. And yeah. that isn't normally always true, especially with groups that are used to very long, slow burn campaigns. Yes. Right. Right. Okay, but feeling it, it out. Right. But if you're, I mean, if you're at a con, most people, and there's a four-hour session, most people are expecting a four-hour game. Yeah. yeah. Or less. Running over. You got to check with your players, yeah. See yeah. If they're cool with running over, because usually you're going into people's meal times yeah. at that yeah. point. Mm-hmm. And there's usually like one hour between one game and the next game, right? Mm-hmm. So that can get or maybe a couple hours at the di- for dinner. At most, but, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other the other notes I put down were about characters because he talks about having the players relate to the characters and relate to things like mm-hmm. that. One of the a couple things I've done, uh, I will often make pregens. Mm-hmm. The pregen characters, I will lay all of them out. And I will write down little bullet points about what this character thinks about these two characters, and what this character thinks about these two characters. Or right. th- this person used to be married to this person, or these two people used to work together, but they don't really like each other very much anymore, mm-hmm. or whatever those whatever those relationships are. And hand those to the players. This kind of uh, role playing cues. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other way to do it, which is what I, in moment of truth, I have that little six by six chart, and it just has a very vague event. Right. So you roll two dice. You look at the column and the and the row, and you, you get a an exciting event. Okay, me mm-hmm. and this character shared an exciting event. What was that? Take five minutes to figure out what that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and do that. Make kind of connections between the players, so that they themselves have come up with it themselves. Because that may also makes them more invested in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is like. The number one thing that I think is successful about a lot of my one shots mm-hmm. is right. taking that time, investing that time up front, so there's more buy-in with the players. Like mm-hmm. if the, yeah. you're just throwing them together, um, you know, and like here's my story, and you don't let them form bonds and connections with each other, it's going to be a much flatter story, and they're not going. You know, there's there's times where you as a GM want them to interact, and you kind of sit back and like watch the role playing happen. If you don't get, you know, up, you know. Uh, give them that time up front to make those connections, there's going to be a lot less of that in the game, and you're going to be put on the spot to do a lot more talking, a lot more work as NPCs to make the roleplay happen. Yep. Which isn't always great. And that's one of the things that was really, like... I mean, having characters figuring out interconnections between characters has always been a part of roleplaying games, mm-hmm. but when it's, like, specifically in the rules that you do this and how was another one of the innovations of Apocalypse World. Mm-hmm. Where if you are you play the Skinner, which is, like, the Apocalypse stripper, you can say to one person, your character's in love with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that's part of the connections. That's our connections, that you're in love with me. And, right. and that is true. And then you can go about that however you want. But that really establishes those connections. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right. that's a really great resource to look at in order to do this for for one shots in, in a quick way. Rather yeah. than yeah. rather than playing a long campaign and having right. those actual connections be an actual part of the game, which also is fantastic. Mm-hmm. You don't have that. You can't do that in four yeah. hours. Right. Right. And you don't have to be playing a PBTA game to use yeah. those. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. When oh, yeah. we started our uh, Desert of Despair D&D game that Jason ran, he actually pulled um, the connections from the PPTA Star Wars, I forget the name of it, um, and we used that like our while well, we're doing character creation, and we've had a bunch of people be like, that was really a great way to like 
kick things off because it added so much mm-hmm. before we even started. Context. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Right. Um, one of the great res- resources for that is Monster of the Week. Yes. How they put mm-hmm. because it just it's so good. very bland kind of questions that could mm-hmm. be for anybody. It's like who has betrayed you? Yeah. Who right. don't you trust? Yeah. You know? It really works with any kind of venturing party. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Super yeah. good. The only other advice I would say and. Uh, Going back to my first con, when I played Mission Abartable, what I think worked really well was think of the one shot as an episode of a TV show. Everything yeah. has to be wrapped up in a half hour. So you have your story beats come pretty quick. Again, you have that timetable, like Stu said, and just keep everything as concise as possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, I, I, one of the other things I, I, I noted down here is, and this has to do with getting the, the players invested in the characters, because for me, if you hand me a pre gen, I might get through that whole session before I've really wrapped my head around yeah. that character. If I've made the character myself, I have a much better chance of wrapping my head around the concept of that character. Especially if it wasn't... Like, a Traveler character can still be hard. Yeah. If you make a Traveler character, it's a random character. Okay, I, I know this, but it's kind of, it takes me a while to do that. But, mm-hmm. like, when we played the Demigods game, yeah. I knew right away who that guy was. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm going to make this guy. <laughs> yeah. Right. And and I think if you can give the players... Now, now, if if you have trouble running a game within four hours, running a one shot within four hours, you may not want to do character creation right up front. Yeah. However, if you give the players partially created characters, yes. Uh, one of our one of our listeners uh, did this at a at a con years ago in Savage Worlds. He made the he made their Savage Worlds characters, mm-hmm. but he left off their edges and their uh, drawbacks. Nice. The drawbacks mm-hmm. are gone. So, and in drawback, that's your character, right? Yeah. That's yeah. That that's your personality. So the players had lists of major and minor. Are you have a spider thing? No. Okay, good. <laughs> it's I do, so thank you. <laughs> it's gone. Um, I'm a huge liar. <laughs> it's no, no, Kimmy. It's called I, I totally real life role playing. Right. You can smell the gunk no. on my hand. Mm. Um, but uh, he, he that that. What are you into? <laughs> no, it was the spider. If you yes. want to make sure it's dead. It's fine. No, it's fine. All right. I did smish it. Yeah. Um, but because that way, I mean, they, they're not making the character completely from scratch, but knowing what their disads are, that really determines the personality of the character mm-hmm. and what they're good at with the edges. So mm-hmm. he gave them a list. Here's what you can afford. Here's a minor or major edge you can take. And, and it gave them a short list that they could go through and pick and... and, and uh, Customize their character. The other thing I've started doing, I leave the names off. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. You name your character. Yeah. That way, A, I don't have to think of freaking PC names. Mm-hmm. And and that <laughs> gives them one more thing that they can do that, I don't know how much investment that has, but it's going to have some. They can come up with their own name. So. Yeah. I do that um, when I run Wild Talents at cons now. Like, I've done, like, I, all the math is done, but then they can pick whatever they want. They can pick whatever gender they want. Like, all of that. They get to pick, and right. it takes like maybe 15, 20 minutes. I don't put genders on characters anymore yeah, either. Yeah, absolutely. They can I pick d- whatever they want. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, um, yeah. That's cool. it's easy. I mean, the less work I have to do on the PCs, the better. Mm-hmm. The way I see it. <laughs> but it, and I mean, if you can get away with doing character gen in the game, I ran a traveler game where everyone did. I think they had limited that's them the to best like part of traveler. I know that's I the whole I, game. Two. No, it isn't. <laughs> there is actually a whole, whole yeah. really good game beyond <laughs> yeah. that. But it is perhaps one of the funnest parts. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I've only done character creation. (laughs) (laughs) But I I think I limited them to two terms or three terms or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I had multiple copies of the book, and then I have the PDF, and I printed out the character creation section. Mm -hmm. And I and like, okay, oh, you want to make an agent? Here, here's a copy of the agent stuff. Mm -hmm. So, and then I would basically was just walking around the table, answering questions and helping them make their characters. It took maybe an hour, Mm -hmm. and all five or six people had all their characters done. They all know who their who their characters are, and it Mm -hmm. was. yeah. Easy peasy. Yeah. So, yeah, I want to run Traveler again. I want to play Traveler at some point. I, I we're talking <laughs> so about re, uh, redoing the what was it called? What was the name of that game? Um, uh, I don't remember. But it was a Traveler game. Oh, the uh, uh, Ashes of Exodus. Yes, mm. that's what it is. Which was a tech level ten yeah, game I yeah. was running. Super fun. Um, yeah, I'm thinking of of. Oh my god, I was so Revis- dumb in that game. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb, it was so glorious. She made, uh, she made a debutante. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yes. She was yes. super cool, and she right. loved everything. And oh my gosh, are you here to like shoot us? And wait, no, that's my shot. Do you have a mimosa? <laughs> she was oh the my, god. my was brand the, is feeling personally attacked. <laughs> <laughs> the least suited character in the world to be in a gun. To anything. <laughs> to and no, to that's <laughs> awesome. Least suited character in the world. Period. Except for parties. Anything. Except parties. I was yeah. very good at parties and shopping. <laughs> oh my um, god! I'm really, re- or I'm really considering revisiting uh, the world of my infamous traveler game. Oh, the villain everybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be like a thousand years in the future when it's actually like ships, right. like spaceships, instead of the weird airship thing that I did. Right. <laughs> cool. Uh, but that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm in favor of this plan. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, hour 11, I hope we answered your question. Seems you, like it. I, I think we did. I think oh, we did. Speaking of hour 11, I just started playing the 11th hour again, which is the uh, sequel to The 7th Guest, if you remember that computer game. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, like, so bad. And it's, and it's totally... 7th Guest was so good. It was and then good. Yeah. And then 11th hour is just shit. Yeah. Did you know all the old Infocom games are now available on I iPad? know. Really? Wow. And they yeah. unlock as you finish them. <laughs> Which so you have real. to beat Zork first before yes. you can get Zork 2 and yeah. Zork 3. Uh, and I, but they give you all the extras. See, because when I played all these games back in the... God, when did those come out? In the early 80s? Yeah. Um, I played them in like I played the them, late 80s. Because in them the, the early 80s, I was like Commodore four. Commodore 64. <laughs> I mean, it was a long time ago. Yeah. They had but, computer games in the 80s? Yes, they did. <laughs> Not only that, we had bulletin boards and we pirated them and put them on floppy disks. Yeah. <laughs> on on the uh, the big, like, five and a quarter, not five like and the a qu- three yeah. and a half yeah. that were, like, oh, yeah, five and super a huge. And he had a special hole punch thing you'd use so oh, you could yeah. turn them into a, a, uh-huh. double di- a, yeah. a double-sided disk. Because the, all the disks were made double-sided, but they would not leave a notch in and charge less for a one-sided one. Mm. And more for the double sided one. Yeah, so you, had to buy you, you just made this hole punch thing and put a little nick in it, and then you could flip it over and, and put stuff mm-hmm. on both sides. But yeah, yeah. I, we had I had a, a few of those, and of course you have none of the stuff that comes with it, and it comes with all kinds of stuff. Oh yeah, like a map and shit. Oh yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and no, we like, didn't have any of that. Oh we, my like, god, writing but, everything down and like had these huge maps of like paper that were taped together. If I'd had a, it, it's like you mean if I bought the game, I would have come with the map. <laughs> I would have solved the thing in an hour. <laughs> well, you know, those those Infocom games are actually how I got introduced to role playing. Oh, really? Because after my brother and I finished Zork One, Two, and Three, we're like, we want to play more. Oh, coding this is bullshit. We oh, yeah. don't want to. We don't want to write a, a game. So instead, we'd come up with, we'd write down rooms, 
and attached them all in this dungeon and like had these little puzzles and stuff and then the other person as themselves we didn't have like the concept of characters whatever, right. as themselves we'd run through and so we'd create these dungeons for each other with like goblins and shit and that is so funny yeah. that is so close to D&D I know <laughs> <laughs> And then I realized that people have been doing that for like 20 years. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> I'm like, oh! <laughs> anyway. All right. I, I'm triggering people's early computing nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. When, when 3.5 discs came out, mm-hmm. that was sweet. Yeah. You know, I would put so much on them. Oh, yeah. I used to work at McDonnell Douglas, and they had a, a computer graphics department where we would do uh, for like slides, uh, slide presentations and stuff. They had the big discs. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Twelve inch, I think. Something like they're, that. They're floppy discs. They mm-hmm. look just like the, the five and a quarter floppy discs. Uh-huh. But they're like this big. They're huge. And they held less information than the five and a quarter discs because <laughs> they were older. I feel like we're telling Joey about, well, you know, they had these punch cards <laughs> that you just put through and so the difference engine would read these. <laughs> Tell me more, Alan Turing. Right. I you know, I, my dad used to my my dad used to bring home punch cards. <laughs> from the uh, from the computer department at Cal State Long Beach because he worked at Cal State Long Beach mm-hmm. for forever. And uh, when I was a kid in the seventies, he used to bring home stacks of them because they'd use them, and once they were done with them, they'd throw them out. So right. he grabbed a bunch and says, "Here, look at these. They're some kind of computer thing." <laughs> <laughs> and they got little holes in them, and yeah, uh-huh. it's amazing. <laughs> you get like a third of a checkers program. Yeah, don't drop your punch cards because then they're out of order. That's right. <laughs> wow, Jeff said he uses pu- used punch cards in college. Whoa! I'm going to go out on a limb and say Jeff's older than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going like, to go out on a limb and say he's definitely older than Joey. Yes. <laughs> that's not really. A yeah, that sounds, that sounds like a safe bet there, Tap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I called you Tap. That was weird. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Uh, next, next. Uh, how do to not do space combat from Kurt and Fresno? This is Kurt. One to three yeah. about it. Yeah, it's pretty fun. I'll read it. If oh, you don't that, read it. Okay. No, good. No, Joey can read it. I'll read it. Go. It's fine. Greetings, Jackers. Kurt from Fresno here. First off, thanks for reading my email on game design and burnout. You suck. You <laughs> suck. Yes. He was. He was on. If you watched the con show, he was there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> best game. Best game I played at con. Um, so much fun. Uh, I think Stork really nailed it with his movie industry analogy about seeing the wires and always uh, just drop it as a um, uh, and always just stop. Oh my god, I cannot read today. Uh, I think Stork really nailed it with his movie industry analogy about seeing the wires and always just stop it as a valid answer to burnout. Since writing that email, I actually had one of my most rewarding gaming experiences since Tin Candles in a game called Dialect. I highly recommend it. Ah, I'm gonna look that up. Mm. But me too. Uh, now on to the reason for writing in. With all the interest in space combat lately, I thought my attempt at sprucing it up would be useful as a cautionary tale. Uh, sorry, you see, I too was disappointed <laughs> with space combat in games. Off developing into role after role, devoid of any tension, until PCs ultimately emerged victorious. <laughs> this foregone conclusion left me with feeling of every infomercial protagonist as they attempt to open a carton of milk. There's got to be a better way, I exclaimed as I poured through the book. Enter X-Wing Miniatures. Say, champ, are you sick of your starship encounters falling flat? The disembodied voice asked in a nod of agreement. Uh, Have you tried (laughs) a tactical miniatures combat game? 
Smash cut to a fast-paced game of X-Wing with music and interesting camera angles. <laughs> That's it, our protagonist shouts, picturing white-knuckled players weighing the new options provided by such a robust system. Locked away in their office, our protagonist blends an X-Wing ship combat into their Star Wars Traveler one-shot, complete with custom X-Wing pilot cards for each player, Ooh. which incorporate their Traveler character strengths. A game of X-Wing is scheduled prior to the game to make sure everyone has an understanding of the mechanics. Conditions are perfect. <laughs> game day. The moment of truth. Trademarks do better. Things started out as you'd expect. Character intros, scenes on the station. Then they get their orders, an escort mission. They rush to their TIE fighters, ready to take on... TIE fighters? I know. I, I think we're playing the... I play, I think are we, we baddies? We've had schools on. We've schools on our uniform. They rush to their TIE fighters, ready to take on this new mission. We place the minis on the table in the formation dictated by their captain. A brief conversation with the hut they are escorting is cut short by the sound of X-Wings approaching fast. What do you do? We all set our maneuver dials, the players offer. Right. Sit your maneuver dial. Now they are bearing down on your escort target. Their life is in your hands. Looks like we go based on pilot score. I need a two, right? That's a curved movement template. Oh, here it is. Little ship is moved from one end of the template to the other. I can't hit anything from here. I guess I'll focus. I need a little eye token. Can you hand me an eye token? That's me. Does your character say anything? Oh, right. Uh, Captain, I'm gonna bank right and see if we can flank him. Okay, end of turn. Our protagonist slumps back in his chair, defeat in his heart. Dun, dun, dun. Lesson learned. The problem with space combat is not the mechanics. We did end up playing a fun game of X-Wing, but the pace of the game was so slow that there was almost no way to hold on to tension or get into any meaningful RP. As Steve pointed out, space combats shouldn't be even combats. At best, they are an obstacle to some other goal. Treat them as a challenge to be overcome and be clear about what's at stake. Constantly reminding players what's, what will happen if they fail and follow up on successes and failures by escalating the tension. Like the cast says, you better know what happens if they fail and be ready to follow up on it. Mm-hmm. If the engineer wants to divert power to weapons or thrusters, that power is coming from somewhere. Tell them the stakes before they roll and make sure the result of that choice ripples to other characters. If the stakes are the other characters' lives... Have good reason why an enemy would want them dead, and prepare for the chance that is how the game ends. As far as Spotlight goes, I probably won't try to make sure everyone is involved in the future unless they jump in with an idea. When the face character wants to talk their way around some guards, you don't look to the fighter and ask how they're contributing. They'll contribute anyway. True that. With a sword. <laughs> right. Um, if the fighter wants to be in that scene, they'll tell you. Yep. With a sword. Uh, those are my two cents. That is wise. Exciting yeah. ship combat has always been my white whale. Kurt <laughs> at Kurt Potts in your Google machines. P.S. Thanks for plugging Pixel Scandal. Yay. Happy Jacks has been a big influence in how I think about gaming and podcasts in general. P.P.S. Drink. Huzzah. Drink. Launcha. Mm. You know, I was thinking when I read this, actually, mm. a good template for space combat that's in Star Wars would actually be in Episode Four, mm. where they don't do all the crazy piloty stuff. Where it's like, okay, you're going. Oh, there's an next. There's a tie fighter on your tail. Get it. Get him off. Oh, right. you don't. You die. 
Next one. Right. And it's all very, very quick. There isn't like the super maneuvery, okay, I have this template, so I get around. They're not trying to make it like a flight simulator. Right. Um, Because they couldn't back then with special effects. But I think that'd be an interesting way to do like an X-Wing or TIE Fighter type thing is make a roll. Okay, you're on his tail. Yeah. If If he doesn't shake you, he dies. Right. My only criticism of that is because you're playing a game with space combat, you probably are having a character who wants to be a pilot and wants to shoot things out of the sky. I feel like that's kind of robbing them of their 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 whole point of their character. If you have that character in your party, yeah. If you have a character full of mercenaries who are ground mercenaries and diplomats, then yeah, kind of hand wave you know space combat. But if you have a character who is a pilot by trade, well. But that character is still making roles and doing piloty things and contributing in a large way. It's just not one where it slows it down to the point where it becomes what's happening. Yeah, it becomes like a tactical tactical game. game. Well, yeah, I think uh, I think in this example, using X Wing as an example, which when I first heard that on the podcast a couple weeks ago, I was like, "It's a bad idea." I played X Wing. It's a lot of fun, but it takes forever. Yeah, Um, right. right. I I don't think that's the way to go. I think. I mean, the, especially if you go with a game that has space combat mechanics involved, and, and Fantasy Flight Star Wars is a great example. They have a really involved space fight mechanic. Yeah, uh, it, yeah we know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you have a character, if you have a player who's built a character based on that right. information, you kind of have to go with well, it. Yeah, I, 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 I and tend me to as a as a like professional face character. Right, more or less by what? trade. I know. <laughs> no, I have no problem being like, well, I got like a two greens and a yellow, maybe in gunnery. Right. Oh, I can go man a cannon and try to shoot something, but no, that's not my fortune to get back seat to that scene. It's their scene. Let sure. them do their thing. Exactly. Well, it's it's basically Leia on the Millennium Falcon. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There's like, ha, huh, get get back here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what you do. Yeah, exactly. And the rest of it is like hanging out with yeah. Chewie. And as a person who's not going to be great at space combat, I am aware that's my, gonna be my role right. in this combat. Sure. And just you're going to, you kind of have to just kind of grin and bear it because there's going to be a time where you are giving a big speech or you are dealing with negotiations where that pilot's going to have to sit there and grin and bear it mm-hmm. while you're going through your scene. So it's just, I don't know, for me it's kind of give and take. Right. But if all of the characters are pilots, which it kind of feels like in this one... Yeah, they all jumped into their TIE fighters. Right. Um, And I still think you can make meaningful choices without making it a simulator. Because, again, like, the more you try and make a role-playing game a simulator, the more it slows it down for no real reason. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just coming up with shortcuts Mm -hmm. when things can really get bogged down. I don't think is robbing anyone of what their character does because the result of it is still there. And I think that's what's important about space combat is mm-hmm. he wants the result of who dies, who lives. Right. Like, mm-hmm. did your escort mission succeed? Mm-hmm. Did it fail? Mm-hmm. These things are all story elements that need to be resolved. Well, yeah. well absolutely. Space combat should have, exist for a reason. You shouldn't random yeah. encounter a space combat. Right. 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 Especially or, if it's an involved... Or combat. <laughs> right. Or, or anything. Oh, I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I have a Game of Thrones game I'm playing that we tried doing in 5.0 for some god awful reason. What? For, briefly, briefly. Okay. Oh, the game, game of Thrones. There's a system. game called Song of Ice and Fire. It's terrible. Uh, we started in that. Oh, it's a terrible yeah. system. That's oh, see, so Bill played it. He I disagree. I, I think it's especially with with being a face character. No, no. The the I love the social mechanics of the game. Mm-hmm. Part of the problem is wait, all the tables are set up. You are going to roll just based on the way dice roll. Nine times out of ten, you're going to roll just a mediocre. Thing. Nothing really ever happens, good or bad. You're going to fail more times on the bad. 
And the way we found skills working is you either suck at something or are always going to succeed at something. There was no real middle ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we, oh, really? yeah, we yeah. tried doing it in 5.0 for like a hot minute because that was the system we were all comfortable with, and mm-hmm. that lasted for a hot minute because right. it did not work. Now we're doing it in the Genesis system, which works a lot better. Oh, okay. okay. Um, but I had a point. Oh, they, the GM tried to throw random encounters at us in a Game of Thrones game, and he rolled on a random encountering table, and we were sailing through the narrow sea, and mm-hmm. he rolled Kraken. Oh. Yep. And, and like, then we all make new characters. It's like, yeah. cool. <laughs> you, you realize that we're like, Level nothing, right? Yeah. Like you, cr- Kraken. You seriously Kraken? Was right. the option to run away? We managed to like <laughs> scare it off. Okay. Oh. Which I think like he realized I fucked up. Like yeah. yeah. I'm gonna kill the whole party. It's like Oops. Yeah. I am. I am a knight. Like I I can do stuff in armor and on a horse. Right. I don't have either of those things on a boat. Nope. Oh man. No. Uh, yeah. Armor and water don't mix. No. I actually. I really don't mind that idea of just running and the krakens coming after you. And oh, oh shit. Oh shit. Right. Oh shit. And that can be a fun skill challenge. Oh. But that's not how it happened. <laughs> or or you're like, we got to get away from this thing. We can't get away. It's faster than we are. Beach the ship. Yeah. And yeah. Now what are we gonna do? <laughs> our, you know, now it's exciting. Our keel is dug into the sand. <laughs> oh my god. And we have to get where we're going. I mean, th- that could be an awesome That's complication. Oh, no, yeah. I love. Great I love story. that as a possible story like movement thing, but as a random encounter, that yeah, is bad. Yeah, I was like, no. Yeah, especially if, if you decide to do that because you have this whole like Gilligan's Island bullshit you want right. to do. <laughs> Which is also <laughs> kind of cool. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Westeros Gilligan's Island. And you're like, oh no. <laughs> oh no. I'm oh the god. professor, aren't I? Yeah, <laughs> Shit. Oh, that would be so funny. That would be amazing. <laughs> Please make that as a one shot. I will be in that in a heartbeat. <laughs> I can't tell anybody it's that, though. No. Um, no, sorry, sidetracked <laughs> with random encounter bullshit. But yeah, um, well, and someone needs to make Gilligan's on the role playing game. Okay, uh, seriously, <laughs> uh, PBTA each of the playbooks are the different characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I think going back to to that system just for a hot second, even though it has nothing to do with this, right? The the intrigue mechanics of the Song and Ice and Fire game are super good. No, they're fantastic yeah. because it, it's actually like you don't you're not rolling persuasion to convince somebody of something. You're making them like you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or you're making them not like you right. if that's what you want either. But that is the it's, way people persuade people a lot of the time. Almost like a right. social combat, which is the way it should feel, especially in Song of Ice and Fire. Sure, yeah. it is. I am rolling this to get a hit on you. It's like you're dueling. Like yeah. I'm rolling this. I'm rolling. Persuasion or seduction to get a hit on you. They're going to defend with a certain skill because you're using seduction. Uh, and then if you beat them, great, you get one hit. Three hits yeah. mean you win that interaction and right. they will basically do what you want. Right. It's fantastic. I just wish the rest of the system was just as good. Well, you can just import that into. That's what we're trying. Yeah. We're, we're, it's been an arduous you, process. Oh, you can do that in ship combat. No, you don't do that no. in ship combat. <laughs> <laughs> As a negative ghost writer. <laughs> oh, we we skipped the who who played what. Oh, oh. yeah, I played stuff. I think. Play? Wait, okay, this is okay. I played. We had, in we had one shot Saturday. Yeah, one shot Saturday was last week. Um, I ran a demigods game in the 1920s, which prohibition era America. Yes, so good. So it was really fun, and I think I made my most favorite NPC I've ever played as a GM. So her name was Dorothy, 
and she was a 20s flapper, and she talked like this the whole time. <laughs> I live. And I almost derailed my own game playing an NPC, but it was so right. much fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's okay. It's all good. It was very entertaining, and everyone had a really fucking great time. Um, it was really, 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 really fun. Uh, and it was the first time someone's run demigods in a not like kind of modern setting. Like we've done like eighties and, and mm. modern times, right? But we wanted to test it and see if it works, and it totally works. It was really super fun. And and prohibition happened because oh yeah, because it was a, yeah, f- a war between yeah some gods and Bacchus, Bacchus was like you have to get rid of this prohibition bullshit, <laughs> like mm-hmm. fix this problem. So it was very fun. I'm not going to tell you too much because it's spoilery, but. Go check it out because I'm very proud of that game. Speaking of one shots that are cool, mm-hmm. um, and then Wednesday I played Genex, which is our Cortex game, mm-hmm. and uh, it was amazing. It was a really great session. I can't wait to listen to yes. it. I need to watch mm-hmm. it live. Yeah, I, I cannot wait. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything because I accidentally I went drinking with Jason last night in Abrea. And we accidentally spoiled it for him, and he was super pissed. He was so mad. <laughs> I'd be pissed too. It's a good game. It's a really, it's good, really game. good game. And it's my first time doing like romance, like actually in a game. So it's very interesting for me. It's a very mm. interesting experience. So that's pretty interesting. And I hope it cool. doesn't suck. <laughs> so, yay. Um, let's see. I don't think uh, the last time I was on. Before we did uh, the Vault 818 game, which is amazing. Uh, We just did. That's an apocalypse world. Yeah, it's an apocalypse world. It's the weirdest game ever. It's amazing. Oh my god, it's so much fun. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm. Samantha has a cult again. Of course she does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Hashtag on brand. Yeah. Yeah. And you played One Shot Saturday, too. Yeah, I did. Uh, I played in uh, Jim's game. Mm hmm. That where I was the Maltese Falcon. Oh, that was that was the uh, Savage Worlds yeah. uh, Saul McCain. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was a knight of Malta who used the Falcon. Falcon. Oh my God! So he was the Maltese Stop Falcon. Stop it! <laughs> Get out! <laughs> just, just go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was a lot of fun. The ending was so epic as to be ridiculous, and really had like. A bunch of things in the Savage World system, like, kind mm-hmm. of fall into line to have something be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but again, it's super spoilery, so yeah. I'm not going to say it, it, but you should, right. you should totally check it out because it it's fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't done it already, we have a new feed actually for our one shots and our shadow. Ah, runs. we mm-hmm. should mention that. Yeah, yeah. So if you go to happyjacks.org on the right hand side, they're all our feeds. So we now have a feed for this show, which is our advice show. We have a, a feed for our actual play campaigns, and now. We have a feed for our actual play one shots and mini campaigns, which would be so. a good resource. Hour eleven, go. Mm-hmm. Good point. I yeah. know. <laughs> Sometimes I'm smart and have good ideas. Good job. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I. What have I played recently? Uh, last time I was on, I did. I was in Good Society mm-hmm. for ShadowCon, which is amazing. It is the most fun I've had in a long time. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's just Jane Austen, you know, glances and flirting and. The letter writing mechanic is <coughs> genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that part. It's a fantastic system. I cannot wait for the full system to come out. Um, and I actually played a decent human being. <laughs> Whoa! I know. What a stretch! Like, like, don't get me wrong. He was still real cute. But yeah, he was nice. He was friendly. He was likable. Yeah. It was. It was a nice change. Ah. Crazy. I know. <laughs> And uh, I wish I, I wish that was on a stream so I could see it and verify that this actually happened. 
Well, you can <laughs> listen to it on the One Shot oh, Shadowcom yeah. podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I actually ran my first session of my Masks game. Yay! Oh, cool. awesome. I actually did it. I bent the bullet, and it went really well. Nice. It went really well. Is I that your first time jamming? In a long time. Okay. Right. Um, like over 10 years. Long, long time. And first time doing something that's not D&D. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, yeah, it went well. They latched onto the RP, which I wasn't sure they were going to, because they're D&D people, so they're used to, you know, RP, but RP with combat. <coughs> and then we got to combat. That's just rules I have to review for myself. It's just going over the combat rules for masks a bit more. Mm-hmm. But In D&D, R- RP is the stuff the bard does between combats. Oh, I... Oh, <laughs> 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 Look, I'm talking to. <laughs> <laughs> I did it? not say that. <laughs> Taffy did not say that. I just want to make this perfectly clear. How dare you? <laughs> Is that when they talk to the experience points? Yes. Oh, yeah. stop stabbing my RP. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're talking about when you're not playing the board game. <laughs> Oh, okay, no. Why? Why you gotta hurt me like Aww. that, Tappy? <laughs> Why would you hurt me this way, Harry? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I ran uh, Bloodblade and Tusk Woo-hoo! on Woo! Sunday. Yeah. Uh, it was a fun game. It's, it's not up yet. It'll be up uh, next week sometime. Yes. Um, some stuff happened. It was good. Um, <laughs> I got to try out the. Uh, way to way to overstate it there. Well, so. I don't want to spoil anything. No, I got it. I will spoil it a little bit by saying I got to try out my. Uh, possession mechanics a little bit because oh. there's there's like fallen angels mm-hmm. and um, that was interesting and they resolved it the way you would that problem the way you would assume PCs would resolve any problem <laughs> they, lit it, they lit on fire and or killed it I'm shocked how did you pick that <laughs> no they lit it on fire fire, fire is fire is fire, fire. The cleansing the, cleansing fire yeah. it's the universal solvent for PC <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was removing the head uh, if they can make the roll, but you never, almost never, have to make a roll when you're lighting something on fire. Right, it's just that's an easier roll. True, <laughs> that is true. That's AOE damage. That's how that's how, yeah. that's how players like mm-hmm. Stork kill things without having to roll dice. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he's cursed. That's that's, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. RP your way into kills. I like that. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, that's it. That's that, all I that reminds me of a, a character I had a long time ago playing. Mm-hmm. Like in Heroes Unlimited, I had a character who could teleport small objects to mm-hmm. and from like people's pockets and stuff. So I pull a pin on a hand grenade and teleport into somebody's pocket. The pin? No. That's so much better than my story. My fir- literally my first time sitting down to playing D and almost had a character death because I decided to cast Burning Hands in a thatched roof cottage. <laughs> And oh, every- you're a truck door. Oh, yeah. Everyone else made their saving throws. Except me. I was one saving throw away from dying my first time sitting down at a table. That's awesome. So ah. then that group, as long as I played them, if I played a mage, I had to have burning hands as one of my spells. Right. It was required. <laughs> and a special die you rolled with. Oh, yeah. For your saves. Oh, you better believe it. And then a ring of fire resistance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, there's no fun in that. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then the games coming up, we got uh, L5R Bar on Sunday. Yeah, and mm-hmm. we one shots. Uh, we have uh, ShadowCon, Shadowcon tomorrow. tomorrow. What's on Monday? Um, Monday there is no game on Monday. We're Dark Monday because okay. um, there's some scheduling conflicts. And then next Wednesday we're having Gene X again. Gene X because Yay. Vault Eight One Eight swapped, so we'll have two Gene Xs in a row, and then we'll have two vaults in a row. Got mm-hmm. Sweet. So check out HappyJacks.org/schedule to see all the things. It's all updated. Mm-hmm. And if you see a mistake, tell me. It shouldn't be. Yeah. 
Uh, who, who wrote this? And in Vault 818, I'm actually trying to do a stoic character. Yeah. Uh, way out of my wheelhouse. <laughs> it's like, how would Stu do this? Is basically like <laughs> how I play my character. Remember, remember, I've when, already failed. Remember that, when I ran the Savage Worlds fantasy game and you played a character who was mute for about ten minutes? Yeah, yeah. I was like, fuck this. this I think we a different drawback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. Uh, mm. Mm. Holy shit! There's the that's the Star Wars yeah, game. That box. Yeah. We said oh, we yeah? had uh, the first this, session. This box right here. Yeah. It's a board cube. And it's got like it's, oh, it's like wow. a bookshelf yeah. with drawers and all kinds oh, of stuff. Oh yeah, I heard, I heard Star Wars. Dollar. I was very confused. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I assume like I see Star Trek. <coughs> yeah, uh, it's a five hundred dollar box, and if you uh, want to see it in action, you should check out um, Second, Second Star. Star, which is on Monday. What was the first actual session of it was this last Monday? Mm-hmm. And it's so good, really it's so good. Yeah, so and I understand good. things now. I'm watching Star Trek for the first time, so I'm getting right. I'm getting references and things, yeah. and Excellent. understanding races, and it's yeah. all good. Yeah, that. Uh, that game inspired me to start rewatching the next generation. Nice. See, I'm starting in the original series. That's exciting. I'm, I'm a completionist. <laughs> you want to watch the whole thing? I'm gonna try. Including where, the where pilot like, with Captain Pike. I'm going to go yeah. back to the pilot after I get to the episode where they. Will they meet him again? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's the plan. And that's 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 the yelling Spock. Yeah. I have a <laughs> I have a Star Trek Sherpa. Who's yeah. kind of guiding right. me yes, through? Yes, you do. Has, has he explained yep. why uh, Kirk has the V neck, but everybody else has the like high neck? Not yet, because I, I don't know I why either. Him. He's the only one who wears that particular shirt, yeah. and it's not always. I'm very intrigued. <laughs> you will laugh when you see Spock in the pilot. I'm very excited because he yells all of the time. Yes, Captain. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. All right. Uh, last email: a response and a conversion. Triumphs from Terry in Idaho. Happy Friday. In his own private Idaho. Uh, yeah, really sure. Okay. Let's do that. I'll read until There's a reason I said we'll to read Kurtz. Yeah. Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I don't know what I'm just telling you I know. Cool story, Hansel. Happy Friday. <laughs> Happy Jackers. Terry in Idaho here. Up to my eyeballs in new reading. Thank you, Dresden Files. Are you just discovering it? That's awesome. What? If he's just discovering it. <gasps> I know. For it's a second, my, my heart so jumps. Envious. I know. I, I like thought maybe a new book was out, and I hadn't I haven't. I haven't yeah. read Dresden Files yet. If you yet. just started... I'm working on the expanse. Leave me alone. <coughs> no, do the Dresden Files versus much better. Yes, uh, if you if you just started, it doesn't seriously pick up until book three. It's so good though. Make the commitment to at least finish through changes, because once you finish through changes, you will read everything he writes. Yeah. <laughs> because changes is like the massive gut punch over and over again. Yeah, and then. Oh. Changes. Turn amazing change changes. <laughs> oh God! We just In lost response half our <laughs> to the Idaho questions, yes, the trick worked. Tappy was correct. Sun Valley is in Idaho, almost in the middle of the state, near the town of Ketchum. As an Ash Ketchum? Yeah, I was like, mm-hmm. is that a Pokemon thing? It's totally a Pokemon thing. It's a major skiing spot and resort town. There is indeed a lot of open land in Idaho, and unless you're a hiker, mountain climber, hunter, outdoorsy person, there can be a big lack of things to do. One of the many reasons why I game. <laughs> oh man, could you imagine like a gaming backpacking trip? That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah I've done it. Yeah. Let me put my mic back on. You should yeah. do that thing. There's a game called Sherpa, <laughs> and it is a it is a role playing game that you can play while hiking. That's Specifically, what it was designed for is this it, game with like sticks and yep. It, it it's a role playing game oh, where you do, your character sheet it can be just a little scrap of paper 
and they have a couple different. I think there's a couple different ideas to use for the randomizers, but it's made to be able to do it while you're backpacking or hiking. I need to check this thing out. See, Sherpa RPG, it's free. Yeah. Closest I've gotten was my friends in high school. We went and went to my friend's cabin for a weekend because my friend's parents had a cabin. We were just mm-hmm. out of high school, I think. And we tried to role play like we're gonna sit on this cliff and like look over this, look over the mountain and like play role playing games on this rock. Except the wind was not favorable to that, and we lost like three dice down the mountain. No. And we're like, we're gonna go back in now before we lose one of us down the mountain, <laughs> right? Because we're role players and we don't have great, you know, physical traits like our characters. What are you, anyway, what are you, try- what are you trying uh, to say? Email. <laughs> <laughs> Kimmy and I are like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Strength is my dump stat. <laughs> Sorry, Kimmy took all of it. I actually caught us up. That's fine. Try it. Oh, God, I'm tired. Okay. <laughs> I live in Boise and Meriden, areas of Idaho, most of my life, so I'm not sure how many rural gamers there are. However, <coughs> there is definitely a contingent in the urban spots. There are three game shops within 10 miles of my house, and the Gem State Gaming Convention happened last month with a total of 784 different badges handed out, up, to, up 55% from last year. We exist, we're just not very loud about it. My goal is to grow the hobby as much as I can. While I was employed by the Boys and Girls Club half a dozen years ago, I started a Dungeons & Dragons game for the teenagers, and several of them still keep in contact, telling me about the games they're running years after leaving the club. But my greatest gaming triumph happened last March. Shortly after my now wife and I started dating, way back in 2004, I introduced her to my geeky little hobby, and she quickly joined my regular D&D game. I was elated to have her game with me, but this didn't sit well with her parents. First, they were in the era of the Satanic Panic. Mm-hmm. Second, they knew a couple of who, a couple whose marriage ended because of Dungeons and Dragons. The husband gamed obsessively and neglected his <coughs> wife, leading to the split. Needless to say, they didn't approve too highly of the gaming aspect of our relationship. Time passes. Fast forward to March of 2018. My wife and I have been married for three and a half years. If you're doing the math, yes, we dated a long time. We're still gaming together all these years later. My wife, Megan, gets a text from her mom out of the blue. Uh, we're contemplating learning to play D&D. Would Terry run a game? Yeah. Your turn. Keep your turn. Oh. I'm tagging you. Oh, okay. <laughs> we planned that, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah we did. We did. <laughs> Eiffel Tower. Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That almost worked. (laughs) Never again. (laughs) Close, no guitar. (laughs) (laughs) That's an old close, but no guitar. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. after, that was a long time ago. That picture at the con. Yep. Was yeah. Yep. I was tower. Yeah. Yep. Still traumatized. Still remember. <laughs> Keep reading. After I picked my jaw up off the floor and put my eyeballs back in my head, I emphatically said yes. I'd be running running for Megan's immediately immediately family, <laughs> immediate family. Uh, Megan, her parents, her older brother, and younger sister. And spoilers: it was so awesome to see a family play RPGs together. I decided to make it easy on all of us and run the Lost Mines of Flandelver, the mini campaign that comes with the D and D five E starter kit. That's the uh, like it's like a cliffside with a bunch of tunnels in it. Yeah, I think you're thinking of Caves of Chaos. From I am thinking of Caves yeah. of Chaos. I played no. that module. It's not Tomb of Vayuchiban that you're thinking of. No. Oh, okay. I got it. Came with that. the it was it was the playtest for five E. 
It was whatever that was. Oh no, Caves there of was Chaos was like two point five or three point oh. Okay, no, but I think oh. it was called Caves. Maybe it was called Caves of Chaos because that's it. Might more be an updated version of it. I think it, it might have been that. Sorry, sorry for interrupting. Go ahead. I have no <laughs> idea where I was. Oh, there, there it is. Uh, though D&D may not be considered the best starter system, I went with it for a number of reasons. Um, well, I think D&D is actually... Especially 5.0. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It's great. Uh, my, parent, my parental in-laws are major WoW players, so a system that is focused yeah. primarily on combat would bring in aspects of what they already know. And I can start to subtly introduce roleplay, character interaction, and story-focused section... Where appropriate, so we're not just dungeon crawling. Wait, there WoW players who? Oh, I guess that was. I mean, there <coughs> wasn't WoW back in two thousand four uh, when they're worried about the Satanic Panic. So I guess they. Uh, well, no, the Satanic Panic was back in the nineties and eighties. Yeah, yeah. There's from that generation. Really, mm-hmm. Joey? You want to tell us about it? I wrote a paper about it. Oh, okay. Well, maybe you could. I researched it on the internet. No, my did, pa- did my it really extend into the nineties? Because I, I remember it well, in the eighties. In Here's the early 90s, it was hand. still Here's around. Here's why I say the 90s. <laughs> I started playing RPGs in the early 2000s in okay. high school. Um, yes. <laughs> my parents, my mother specifically, I was, was ending so my first marriage by that point. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. <laughs> my mother was so nervous about me playing Dungeons and Dragons because she, I love her to death, but she was one of those lifetime TV mothers right. who will sit Sunday, Sunday, watch lifetime movies from morning to night. All right, and she watched uh, Mazes and Monsters. Yep, exactly. Right? And she was convinced that now that I was playing Dungeons and Dragons, I was going to get <coughs> high on drugs, and she, run into a, she and run my into, stepdad were going to end up murdered. Right, run into a sewer. And, right, yeah, exactly. Right. So my junior year, I've been playing for like about a year or a year and a half now. Um, junior year of high school, in honors English, we had to write a persuasive essay. And I'm like, I'm going to write about this subject. It is near and dear to my heart. I'm going to do the thing. So I wrote a persuasive essay explaining why Dungeons and Dragons is not satanic, and I actually interviewed her for the paper to get idea. Oh. Like, what is your? What are your issues with it? And then I disproved every single. Rona Chaffee, huh? Uh, uh, you interviewed you. Uh, My mother. Oh, your yeah. mother. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. The author of Mint. <laughs> oh no. <Sorry>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I did that thing. Um, but no, and I showed back home with ninety-eight percent on that paper. I'm like, can I play now? <laughs> <laughs> and once she understood it was more like just geeky poker night, yes. she got a little easier on it. But it was it was a long, ruling process. That's why I say it goes in the nineties because I have personal experience in nineties two thousands. All right, sorry. Go ahead. That's good. Okay. Uh, you don't know where you are now. Also, oh. no, I've been I've been holding my finger right there, oh, <laughs> <laughs> just in case. Uh, Megan and her siblings are big 5e players, so they were able to sit next to mom and dad to give pointers, answer questions, help learn the ropes, etc. And I could focus on facilitating the game as a whole. I used a lot of the advice that you all have given over the years to talk to her parents and let them know what the quote, expectations, unquote, were for them in the game. Uh, You don't have to talk in third person or have a silly voice. If you want to do voices or mannerisms, embrace and enjoy it, but it's not necessary. You don't have to know all the rules. Your goal is to come to the table, sit down, and have fun. Remembering the rules will come in time, but the goal is to enjoy the game. If you want to do something that's not in the rulebook, we'll figure out a way to make it happen or get close to it, uh, which happened in the first combat when Dad-in-law's paladin wanted to shield bash as an attack. Yeah! And later in the combat, you says, 
quote, unsettling golden eyes, end quote, to intimidate someone. <laughs> Both were awesome flavor actions for the character, so they were allowed and encouraged heavily. There's no such thing as a dumb question. I'm not going to give you hell for not knowing the rules, nor will I chide you for not remembering how your spell works, especially as a beginner. Long story short, too late. Uh, we have been playing since March. Uh, meeting once a, a month for around five to seven hours per session. Her parents are loving the game. Megan's dad has quickly embraced the murder hobo lifestyle. Yeah! <laughs> Good job, Dad! All right! <laughs> Tell him we're proud of him. <laughs> uh, aside, not uh, before seen even to his wife. <laughs> Excellent. What does Idaho accent sound like? I have family yeah. in Idaho, but I haven't seen them I've in a while. I've never been to Idaho. I don't know. I've been, I've been to, to I drove Valley. through Idaho in a bus. I know how to exist. I know the shape of the state. Right. Potato place. Oh, right? well, yeah. Potato. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it? God. I lost where I was. Oh, no. <laughs> no. No. Uh, even oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. wife. Yeah. Um, You're getting to the best part. Yeah. However, he was the first one to try a voice. Yeah. It came out of nowhere while he was talking to a farmer's wife. Originally, his family started giggling. It was kind of a think accident. Thick, uh, thick accent. Thick accent. Ah, it's kind of a thick accent. Kind of like a think accent, like a think piece. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's very cerebral. Yeah, it's very cerebral, my accent. Uh, but I waved in the silence and immediately honed it on him. My father-in-law isn't a, quote, getting into character, unquote, kind of person. So this first step at character dimension was like watching a baby take its first steps or watching a flower open. Aww. It was so cool. Mm. That's so cool. Yay. Awesome. That flower open. I like that. Yeah. That's poetic. <laughs> Keep going. And when will Carmen murder Obo Dad? <laughs> yeah. I know, right? Do you remember that part in uh, Three Amigos? When will Carmen open her flower to you? <laughs> Tonight. Or I will kill her. <laughs> I would stop the, the, when you quote that movie. I would stop before that last. Yeah. Time. <laughs> 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 so you listening to the podcast? You just did the, the crazy three amigos three amigos salute. salute. <laughs> yeah. You missed so it. over fine. the top. Uh, a family loves playing together, and I like watching the familiar interactions going on at the table. I've employed the yes and emphasis that has been a Happy Jack staple. Excellent. And I've also worked in the thought that if they need to find something specific or plot-based, they don't need to, quote, roll to find it, end quote. They just find it. These two small rules by themselves have made a world of difference for this crew. I'm extremely proud to have been a part of this of a RPG conversion. Two people who were against D&D are now impatiently waiting for the next chance to sit down or roll some dice. Woohoo! Uh, I don't know if we'll go beyond D&D into the other RPGs, Savage World, some of the Apocalypse World engines, games like Demigods, etc. Woot. Mm. Uh, but if D&D is what gets them to the table, then I roll D20s every time. Thanks for helping me be a better GM, Jackers. Woo-hoo. Enjoy a beverage of your choice. Cheers. Hey. Awesome. I'm a little bit left. It's launching. Excellent. Sincerely, Terry in Idaho. It's a very heartwarming story. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I love that. That is. That flower is so cute. I know. Right. It's very nice. I, I like <clears throat> it. Dad's murder hobo. Chris Dad's murder hobo. I want to kill it. 
I'm going to light it on fire. A murder hobo flower that's blooming. Yes. Right. <laughs> right, yeah. Who it's also like intimidated that. someone with his unsettling golden eyes. Yes. Right. It's like that flower they have at the Huntington Library that oh, opens once every flower. Flower. 10 years. Yeah. Like, oh. It didn't, though. I'm very sad this year. I was following it, and it oh, didn't Oh, probably was so open. hot. Probably because we had such a hot summer. I was so excited. I drove, I drove by there because sometimes I cut through that area to go mm-hmm. pick up my kids at school. Yeah. And I got close enough to smell that thing because oh, I was because yeah. I'm back because w- one of the ways I went is kind of back behind yeah. Huntington, Huntington Garden and yeah. yeah there's a reason they call that got thing a corpse, a corpse flower. flower yeah wow 100%. that thing reeks yep uh, all right all right that's it yeah that's all we got we'll see you again and yeah. uh, I'll yeah wait no no wait oh, uh, wait hold on yeah no why problem make when you no problem yeah, have right. you don't want to make okay go. I- what I put? Why problem ha- making oh, me okay, no problem? Ha- I was like, I don't know what button you press, and I'm concerned now. Uh, don't do it again. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't forget. Um, also, uh, check us out on iTunes and leave a review for all three of our feeds. Stop. I see you. Don't push the button. That's a sneeze. I know. Phew. <laughs> it's a gimme sneeze. Uh, we uh, once we get to three hundred uh, reviews for our, this podcast, and once we get to two hundred, yeah, we're at two ninety eight. Oh, okay, right now mm-hmm. for reviews for this show, um, and then I think we're at seventy eight or seventy nine for the AP feed, mm-hmm. and we have like eight for the one shot since right. it's like a week old. Right. But um, once we get to hundred for the AP feed for the actual pay campaign feed, we're gonna do a giveaway. Once you get to three hundred for this feed, we're gonna do a giveaway. So go leave reviews. Yes. Make mm-hmm. them good ones, please. Mm-hmm. Yes. Be honest. Do good ones. Be honest. And oh, by the way, there's gonna be a, there's gonna be a new uh, listener viewer survey. Yes. That will be coming out probably in the next week. Mm-hmm. Um, I will release the uh, link for that yes. soon when I'm finished with it. I'm almost done with it. Yeah. Um, and it's going to ask a lot of questions. And if you would like to take that, you can do so. Please and, do. Because uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that actually really does honestly affect yeah. what the, the what happens within the direction of the show. Yeah. Oh, and, and if you disagree with us wildly, which I know many of you do, please write us about it. Yes. yes yeah. Absolutely. I'd, I'd love to hear... We'd love uh, email fights. We'd yeah. love to argue with you. Oh, and let me just say about the survey... Because so many people went in and put in duplicate responses, cheaters. I am. Uh, there's a thing because I'm. I use Google Forms for it. There's a thing I can click that says you must be logged into your Google account to fill out this form, which means you can only fill it out once. So I didn't want to do that because I know there are people out there who don't have Google accounts. Mm-hmm. I think most people probably do. Yeah, but it. That it was ne- it was necessary because I that way I don't have to go through the whole huge spreadsheet and say, oh look this guy wants us to play this game, and he answered all the questions exactly the same forty times in the last fifteen minutes. So wow. I'm going to delete all of them, not to all but one. I delete all of them. <laughs> it's really annoying when Stork does that. He's like. It's really obvious is that my favorite player is Stork. Stork should be in every game. Stork should be in every game. Right. 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. Stark is the one who doesn't do that because he'd have to know technology. Yeah, he doesn't have Google. Yeah, he doesn't. He's still using Dogpile. he doesn't have a Google machine. Yeah, that's why it was funny to put make him the butt of that joke. Yes, I kind of want to just do that now. No, 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 don't do that. You can't. You can't unless you want to make a bunch of of don't Frodo. I won't. No, no, no. That's way too much for my attention span. Oh, and we also want like honest feedback. Yeah. Yeah, please. please give us real information, not just joke information, because this is what we use to make yeah. the shows better. Yeah, yes. because if you give us joke information on something that's crappy, and then we do it, you'll be unhappy. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And, and mad at us, too. and it yeah. will be your fault. That's right. <laughs> All right. I think we're. Why problem make when you no problem have you don't want to make? Go away, Baton. Welcome to Costco. I love you. That's my favorite. Welcome to Costco. I love, love you. you. From Idiocracy. So good. You mean the documentary Idiocracy? Yeah. The, it's, the, the, it's it's, it was so, a joke. He was telling a joke. joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah! All right. We're listeners. Thank you for joining us for season 22, episode 17 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Kimmy. I'm Joey. <laughs> and we'll see you next week, Friday, 7 p.m. ish Pacific time, right here at HappyTrex.org slash live. Thank you very much. We'll leave you the song. Spunkier than tail Oh, whiskey, I'm an island drunker So over 
says, Mother, don't you wrong me. Don't take me, daughter, from me. For if you do, I will torment you. And after death, me ghost will haunt you, love, fairly well. Me tender idol, little Amada. Me tender idol, little Amada. Me rightful to a laddie. Oh, there's whiskey in the jar. Oh, whiskey or the devil, you're leading me astray. Oh, rails and mountains into America. You're a sweeter, kinder, decenter. You're spunkier than tail. Oh, whiskey or my darling, drunk or sober. Oh, whiskey or the devil, you're leading me astray. Oh, rails and mountains into America. You're a sweeter, kinder, decenter. You're spunkier than tail. Oh, whiskey or my darling, drunk or sober. Seating program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.